0: Cry Malt has been supplying the best ingredients to Australian and New Zealand brewers for 30 years. Their range of malt, hops and yeast is sure to take your beer to the next level. Proud sponsors of Brews News and Beer as a Conversation since the very beginning. Learn more about Cry Malt at www.crymalt.com.
1: Part of the plan to put a brewery in, but for many years it, it was just a plan. It's 100% acquisition of Green Beacon. No, we had a chat with everybody. Anyone would have seen this coming a mile away. You know, it's the passion and the, the dedication to beer and brewing. Oh yeah,
2: that's super simple and direct question.
1: It's always fun to get to speak about beer.
0: And that's just what we're here to do: talk about beer. Well, this week chat with Young Henry's Richard Adamson and Zoe Catterall about staying young and relevant in an aging brewing industry. Listeners will recall almost exactly a year ago we spoke to Oscar McMahon and Dan Hampton from Young Henry's and with so much happening in the craft beer world we ordinarily wouldn't speak to the same brewery again so soon. However Young Henry's is just turning 10, a milestone for any brewery and particularly one that has grown to be one of the largest independent breweries in the country. If you want to hear about some of the business side of the Young Henry's business, we recommend you go back to that last episode, and there is a link in the show notes, which is still very current. In this episode, however, we wanted to explore how in the rapidly evolving craft beer space, a brand continues to stay young and relevant in the marketplace, particularly one that is so steeped in the cooler end of the market with its very music industry-centric brand. So we spoke with co-founder Richard Adamson, who has been a recent guest through his role at the IBA, but also we have spoken to one of the newest employees, scientist Zoe Catterall. In many ways, Zoe typifies the Young Henry's brand, coming to the business through her musical connections more than her background in brewing. Zoe is also a co-founding member and rhythm guitarist and lead singer for indie band The Boys. Very Young Henry indeed. As potentially the beer industry's least cool person, I wanted to chat to Zoe and Richard about staying young and relevant in an industry that tends to be highly fashionable, and it's something that young Henry seems to have done very well. It's a light-hearted and fun chat about some very significant challenges that growing breweries will have to face. One note, we did have a recording issue, and so the quality of this one isn't quite as good, and it also does just abruptly finish at the end but there is a lot of good chat before that happens. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did and that the music references didn't go as far over your head as they did mine. But check out the boys, they do rock. Richard Adamson, Zoe Catterall, welcome to Beer is a Conversation.
2: Thanks for
1: having Thanks us. Thanks for having
0: us, yeah. Now, Rich, 10 years, Young Henry's is celebrating 10 years, which is a major milestone in the world that is craft beer, the the, the dog's life, you know, seven years, uh, rapid development of, of brewing industry. But at the same time, we spoke uh, a year ago to uh, Young Henry, so we want to try and cover a little bit of different ground. So go back, and I think 10 years is a good milestone, but we're also having a bit of a theme around 10 years young because we've got Zoe who
2: potentially the newest hire, the newest full-time? Well, oh, close to. Close to. Yeah, I think um, a couple of guys from logistics maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: but yes, yeah, very close to. Well, maybe just to get started, uh, Zoe, you tell us a
0: little bit about yourself. You know, who is Zoe Catterall?
1: Zoe Catterall. I am fully-fledged scientist, been doing it for quite some time. Spent the last maybe six or seven years in the medical world, so coming over to Young Henry's has been an amazing 180 in life, but something I just so needed. I feel like it's just such a great cultural space for me personally. I'm a musician. Young Henry's, I mean, most of the gigs I ever went to were sponsored or run by (laughs) Young Henry's. So to be on the other side of that is pretty cool. But then also just to work with people and be surrounded by people who actually understand what I do um, is really nice.
0: And it's just such a Young Henry's way to come into the business is... Almost through music yeah. rather than the science. So yeah. tell us a little bit. So the, give the boys a plug. That's the B-O-U-Y-S. Close, but no cigar.
1: B-U. B-U. U, yeah, sorry. B-U-O-Y-S. The Buoys, oh, yeah. as the oh, Americans the say. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's a band I started a few years ago, and we've just been plugging around the Inner West for quite some time, and we're just doing it now, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome.
0: And, but you, you've had gigs that are sponsored by Young Henry's. So was your connection through the music?
1: Yeah, so actually it's really funny because it was such a pinnacle moment for the boys as a band. We had like just started playing in and around the city and it was young Henry's gig at Max Watts with the Delta Riggs. and Tess, our drummer, she was just about to go to America and do her postdoc and we were like, okay, this is the biggest venue we will have ever played. Maybe this is it. Like I think we should just do it. And Tess ended up deciding that she didn't want to do a postdoc and stayed in, in wow. Australia. So
0: you've ruined career. Oh. <laughs> She's still
1: a scientist. She's still a scientist. She's doing other magical things now. Um, but, yeah, that first moment where we thought, oh, we could actually take this seriously was a young Henry's gig. <laughs> okay. Wow.
0: Rich, well, let's forget 10 years. Let's talk about it because you, you've always been around or been – interested in them in in the music industry
2: yeah uh well like i used to play in the 90s um and oscar and i um met at our local pub where he was working and we bonded over music to start with he was playing in the hell city glamours and i think he just came off the back of a u.s tour and they've been around knocking around for a while and probably just hadn't cracked that sort of commercial success that allowed them to go really full-time and, you know, I, I guess I'd been there as well. Um, you know, my, my band was, um, you know, we, we were on a Saturday a couple of times. <laughs> and, um, you know, <laughs> I think i I think, it's, footage. it's funny when you, when you're a musician, you, you go past every venue, you go, yeah, I played there and I played there, all the, you know, all the pubs around, around Sydney and Melbourne and, and some in Brisbane as well. So music was first for us in terms of a conversation and then beer became the second part of the conversation and if we could tie our two loves together that was always going to be the aim um, and then having been there and know how hard it is to kind of make a go of music full time we thought if we could um, provide any support that we could for the music scene that meant so much to us and was inspiring in terms of what we were creating here then that's what we would do and it it started really with getting um a few mates in and that was um peter fenton from crow doing you know our first collaboration and front and loader um we kind of did those back to back kind of very different bands that i grew up with in loving in the in the sort of 90s and still you know still out there making great music and you know that, that's led to you know friendships and now, Davis is our logistics manager, who's like in in front and lighter, So you know, I think it's kind of once you're in Young Henrys, it's hard to come out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, now we're, we're completely
0: uh, off track already, because you know, you, you've raised the idea of collaborations, and it's one of the things that seems a very craft beer thing to do. Whether it's just breweries kicking around a recipe or working with a you know another business outside of the, the brewing industry for something that you know hopefully increases the reach of the brewery and vice versa. What, what are the keys to coming up with a beer when you're partnering with a band, for example?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I and mean, we, we always wanted to make it genuine and not just sticking a label on any beer. Um, so involving the band and, and storytelling is kind of key as well. So what's the story behind the band? And I guess those two, those two bands really set the scene initially um, in that Peter Fenton like was really into the concept and he, he came up with the, the Black End Moor name and he wanted to tell the story of Smoky King Street at night when the rain fell and he's talking about the Gaggle people and the, the, the tracks of of um, kangaroo um, passing through you know the north side of, of Newtown and he really he wrote this manifesto and read it to us just before we created the beer and you know it was with Waddle Seed and um, he was a fan of some of the stuff I did at Barron's. So that, that, was, you know, that was really, he was really in, involved with the recipe and the day of creation. And the front and of the guys was just like, they love doing tequila shots on stage. And yeah. So we used agave syrup in, in making it. And look, they, that whole day was one of the most fun days I've had in the brewery. They, all, the whole four members got involved with the beer making process, but just invited pretty much everyone from the music scene in your town, down for the day, and we had a barbecue, and end up being like ninety people down here for the brew day. It was crazy, but um, that was a really great introduction to you know for the brewery into the music scene as well. Do you think when
0: that level of thought goes into a collaboration, that comes through to the consumer, to the end consumer, or you know, are they buying it because of the band? Do you think, or are they buying it because of the beer?
2: And I, I bloody hope so, because we put a lot of work into that. <laughs> so you know, I think. I, think gen- a genuine attempt or a genuine engagement is always going to um, ring true and you know um, rather than it being sort of written off as a, a fad or a, just a, a marketing gimmick, I think it's always going to um, ring true and that's gonna have been the philosophy for everything we've tried to do with um, young Henry's as well is just be genuine about it rather than faddish or um, you know chasing the trends like what are we what are we into? what inspires us? When, what are our the people that are in, inspiring us into as well? Um, so trying trying to weave all that together.
0: So Zoe, with your music background, was that was obviously the attraction in working for Young Henry's, or was it working for a brewery?
1: It was a bit of both, I think. So for me, I mean. Science as a passion for me, I'll go anywhere, I'll follow that.
0: Now, as a humanities student, you'll have to break down science a little bit more. So is (laughs) it microbiology? Um,
1: So primarily I always worked in um, biochemistry. Biochemistry, okay. Um, And this was in the Department of Endocrinology and I did a whole bunch of other stuff too. But at the end of the day, the basic principles of biochemistry. Um, And so here at Young Henry's, I'm doing a little bit more microbiology as well as some, some chem some basic chemistry so it just was a bit of a no-brainer for me to go somewhere who I just knew you know because the thing the thing about music is everything is so last minute and stuff comes up like this you know first young Henry's gig we had Tess thought oh do I just I don't really want to do this postdoc thing I'm just going to stay we got an email at 3 p.m. and they said we need to find out by 5 p.m. Tess had to make that decision in two hours so Young Henrys, I feel, is a place that understands what the industry is like and it just makes it enjoyable to go to work knowing that, I don't know, I just feel so backed. Like <laughs> I remember my interview with Oscar. I just felt so supported. It was like, yep, follow what you're doing and we'll be here to support you.
0: It, it, it's interesting for a button-down... Um, 80s shirt wearing uh, repressed individual like myself um, <laughs> that doesn't sort of live in that music. You, you walk into Young Henry's and you're just so far out of your comfort zone, um, but clearly very much in your comfort zone.
1: See, roles were reversed for me last six seven years in medical. I felt like I had to cover my tattoos. In the
0: medical the, in in health.
1: Yeah, right? I was working in health and I would cover my tattoos. My you know wasn't allowed to get a mullet. Still waiting on that. <laughs> Couldn't dye my hair. A
0: legitimate health reason for, for no, that? No, it's you... more
1: that I had patient-facing roles. Okay, right. So it was like a respectability thing, okay. which I do understand and I fully respected at the time. But far out, is so nice going to work now and I'm just wearing what I would wear on the weekends. Don't have to cover the tats. I can just be myself, which I haven't been able to do in a long time. So that's really good.
0: Which is a, a nice little tie-in, I guess, Rich, that uh, a business – that did start you know with a, a bit of a vibe uh, you know a bit of a sort of guitar slinging vibe at the start but you've managed to keep that and grow despite taking on some of the vestiges of a corporate business you're still able to you know cater excuse me when i put it this way, um, again, I'm coming from my repressed background, the, 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 the flakiness of a musician, you know, who, who needs to down tools to to go play a, a gig. And how do you reconcile growth with that sort of flexibility?
2: Look, I think um, in many ways that the whole relationship with staff is probably under the microscope after the pandemic anyway. And, and I, I think people are, are looking for employers to meet them halfway in terms of their... You know, there are other passions and just the work-life balance and, and everything else that goes along with uh, having a career. You know, it's not, it's not a one-way street anymore. Mm. And um, it's certainly an employee's marketplace now too. Um, and at the same time, I think, you know, you, you talk about those, like that corporateness, it's really about putting in the structures in place and the things that, that make working at a company of this size, like, function and workable um, have people have the support, people have the, uh, um, the workplace health and safety, people have the process procedures, all those sort of things that you need to have. So, you know, it's, it is all, it is about rock and roll at good times, but <laughs> it's also about, you know, you got to wake up the next morning too and go to work and, um, and, you know, function in your life as well.
1: Mm, I mean, speaking to that, I think anyone who feels supported by their workplace in that way wants to show up, wants to rock up, wants to, Work hard because it's like a it's a two way street. You feel grateful for be- feeling and being seen, and I don't know, it makes you want to do good.
0: Without sort of encouraging any dissing on the previous employer, if there was any, to, but it, it's a different environment than the, yeah the, the, the health sector. That you yeah,
1: work. it was more you know you you really had to show up for your patients, and you can't just shut down a clinic. Um, because you got offered a tour and you need to leave tomorrow. Um, So it was more, you know, the flexibility of being a scientist in the healthcare industry is not as as great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did you ever see yourself working in the lab of a brewery um, when when you were studying or?
1: Never in a million years. No, I didn't know it was possible. (laughs) I just didn't know it was a thing which, yeah, it's really cool to be on the other end of that.
0: So at, at what stage did it become a, a dawning realisation that it wasn't just the musical tie with a brewery like Young Henry's, it was actually career opportunities there as well?
1: I mean, it was... So I, it came up with um, a friend of mine who works in marketing here at Young Henry's. I'd go to band practice every Tuesday and complain about how... I was so stressed out because I was so busy and she was like they're looking for a scientist at Young Henry's like you should you should put your name forward and I was like it really just does make sense I don't think I could ever give up on science I just can't live without it just as much as I can't live without music so yeah it was an easy easy side forward step yeah
2: so, so Zoe also plays with Liz in uh, Dead Witch as yes. well, which is uh, a band worth checking out if you get the opportunity. They're okay.
1: Amazing.
0: Yeah. Now, we, I
2: will get links,
0: um, not <laughs> not just to like our usual links. I'll get a link to, no doubt you've got a Spotify yes. profile, so we can link to that as well. Yeah. So anyone, um, I'm sure there are some royalty uh Problems if we run a bit of music, so I won't. I won't do that. But we'll certainly link to your Spotify, so you awesome. get like your one thousandth of a cent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, with, with our thousand of listeners, you might make a cent out of it. Um,
1: Yay!
0: Now, again, um, and I apologise that you know I, I know that science exists, but I don't know too much about it. Was there much retraining between? you know, the world of endocrinology and the world of brewing yeast um, and bacteria and things that you had to go through?
1: It was more refreshing. I did all of that stuff okay. at university. So um, some of the things definitely tied over from my practical experience in my career and then a lot of the stuff was, you know, I did it a while ago but after you do it once again for the second time, it's second nature.
0: And there's no speciality like when it comes to like you could – slot into beer or wine or something just as easily um, in, in that sense?
1: It depends what you study. Okay. Yeah, so I did um, I did very, like, intensive. It was a lot of microbiology, a lot of biochemistry. So those things are really applicable to the practical sciences, which means I can kind of move about, which is really nice. And yeah.
0: Rich, I was saying off mic that I think the last time that I think that I could find that we spoke to you about young Henrys and not through your various roles mm-hmm. on, the, on the IBA or the CBIA – it um, was 2015, believe it or not, so seven wow. years ago. So uh, we, we spoke to Oscar and Dan this time last year. But when we did speak to you in 2015, I think you just started, so that would have been three years into, into the business. Yeah, there, there was a bit of an expansion going on there. You had expanded to Beer Farm in WA. You were looking at going to Adelaide. But one of the other things was that you were one of the early breweries
2: to really beef up your lab. So um, glad we did. <laughs> so glad we did at the time. Um, I
1: am also glad. Yeah, <laughs> it
2: was. It was probably probably the size and scope was um, may have outstripped our um, how much beer we we're making at the time, but it certainly allowed us to grow with confidence, um, and it really kind of informs every way that the brewery operates. From you know, still today, I think in terms of. Um, our release program and sign off, and um, you know the procedures within the brewery um, are all um, informed from those, those original kind of um, decisions, um, and even down to how we manage our our yeast program, which then influences dry hopping and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, I think that was a that was a very good decision we made,
0: particularly for a brewery that has expansion plans, I, I'd imagine, when you've, and you're brewing in multiple locations, trying to get consistency and uh, quality.
2: Yeah, look, and that's a lot of the management from the lab side is actually on the contract brewing um, releases as well, so really, um, you know, we test everything again, um, so we get their results, we get our results, so we kind of doing a, a check that way, and then we have a, a century release program as well, so it's got to pass the um, the specifications that we you know the actual hard numbers we put down, but also from a um, taste perspective, it's got to pass before it goes out the door, and that's the case of every every beer, whether it's contract or out of here.
0: Well, twenty minutes into this chat, let's go back to the beginning, <laughs> 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 and uh, because I, I remember actually getting the media release from you uh, when you were first announced, because uh, you you mentioned Barons, you'd been the head brewer at Barons, you'd won international awards. You had some very groundbreaking um, beers in those days, like the Black Waddle, the Lemon Myrtle Wit, and an English special bitter.
2: Yeah, parallel lager. Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. As, and Barron's, you, you stepped away from Barron's uh, before it um, imploded. Imploded. Yeah, so. yeah. Or whatever whatever word you choose <laughs> to use. <Yeah. laughs> um, and and there, there was a bit of a hiatus, and then Young Henry's, or the, your, your next venture, was originally going to be, I think, 150 seat. Surrey Restaurant yeah. in Surrey Hills, yeah,
2: Surrey Hills. When we got chased out of there with pitchforks by the locals because we're <laughs> going to uh, we're going to ruin the area. Uh, <laughs> and I think, like, if you, if you want to frame that conversation in the ten years, what's changed in ten years? That uh, that process has got somewhat easier, I'd say, and that did necessitate some law changes, which we got through, in you know, on New South Wales level, and. Um, and a liquor licensing level, um, planning level, which has made it somewhat easier, but there's, I think, certainly, I don't know how many breweries are here now in the inner west, it's probably 15 or so, um, as, as it gets out to more regional areas where there's a little bit of, I guess, unsurety with uh, the councils about what it means to have a microbrewery in your area. Um, but certainly, you know, like I was, I was down for uh, a beer festival on Saturday that the the... Mayor Darcy Byrne uh, launched and it's a source of pride for this area now how many breweries they've got and I think from a community impact position it's, um, it's you know, breweries are seen as a, as a safe meeting place it's, a, um, it's somewhere families it's not, that, um, it's not that sort of scary, aggressive kind of place that a lot of pubs maybe used to mm-hmm. um, seeing and, and pubs have changed their game as well too so um, I think it's had a very positive impact
0: what would Young Henry Surrey Hills have? Because the, the name is the same, because um, it was named after your son. Yes, memories. So yeah, yeah. it was always going to be Young Henrys. Yeah. But what would Young Henry Surrey Hills have looked like uh, compared to Young Henrys? Uh, look, we're probably memory. on the
2: on the on the smoked barbecue meat wave at the time. And, okay, you know, so that like I think that's still reasonably cool, but maybe not the the most fashionable thing at the moment. Uh, <laughs> you know, would it would it have gone to the the sort of national level I don't know it's hard to say like you probably get caught up in running a venue a lot of the in in, in many ways so it did force us to adapt and go for a different business model um, not being there um, and I guess you probably wouldn't have had the same um, cultural impact or, or a connection with Newtown which probably has you know informed a lot of the the aesthetic to the brand and what we've supported as well like oscar and i was sort of being love music but you know would it have had the same impact I, i'm not sure you know being across the road for the ML theater and mm-hmm. you know being tied in with the the local art scene you know the graph scene and ginger and cindy sin and all these people that we've worked with for so long um and you know, as that may not have happened you mentioned barbecue and i guess food has fashion
0: music has fashion
2: um how do you Keep a business
0: that is tied to a, a, an industry that goes through its fashions and stay relevant. Um, you know, when, when you're sort of looking at a ten year uh, product arc.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I've been, I guess, been reflecting on this a little bit over the the last week. <laughs> so of <I> stopped, <laughs> stopped to look at the ten years of the last week. Uh, you know, with real ale is coming gone maybe not for good but it's certainly on on hiatus at the moment um in the same time we've introduced you know stereo and motorcycle oil um newtowner is not the same beer as it was when we first first made it um it wasn't dry hopped initially and um it certainly is now and um so what's
0: driven that a, a change like newtowner where you used to say it's not the same beer that it once was? Yeah. Is that consumer demand? Is it changing consumer demand? Was the first beer not right, and you've had to go looking for the, the part of the market? The at first beer was very
2: was very popular. I think it's a matter of keeping up a little bit without losing the essence of the beer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's still the same hop profile, three hops, but we've just um, accented it a little bit more. Okay, um, by by putting in dry hop. It's not overly dry hopped, but it's certainly there. Um, I think, yeah, like. That's a very good question about innovation. Uh, gin and tonic in a can is, is a new thing we've done recently. We're still got a lot of R and D in the works. Um, you know, I think in the first year we may have done fifty beers. Um, we don't do that kind of rapid release as much anymore. But we, you know, we do a lot of collabs and b sides still. Um, but again, it probably goes back to that that genuine thing is what's the genuine story we're trying to tell. What's the genuine connection with the ingredient. How does it fit to the brands rather than probably rapidly bringing a whole bunch of ideas or, you know, it's, I guess you see sometimes it's the same beer but released under 50 different names that with slight iterations of, you know, yep. um, how many, how many nipers can you put out in a year um, with, a different, <laughs> with a different label? Um, you know, there's a certain market segment that loves that, that um, concept. Um, I guess that's not really where we are. You can only grow so
0: far on that style of beer. is 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 my read because the potential audience for that style of beer is pretty limited. um, I think
2: would would you agree or potentially yeah, but I think there's there's a lot of you know there's still sales and popularity behind the hype. So people there's a certain market segment that does love that. Like and I I drink them too, so I'm guilty as charged. But also. You know, we make the beer that we like as well. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't talk down to a natural lager or a, you know, a new town. Uh-huh. You know, we love those beers. And, um, you know, the sales tell the story too that people do love drinking them as well.
0: If, if I can ask a impolite question of you both. Um, how, how old are you, are you
2: in, Rich? Impolite questions <laughs> from Matt curtain <Matt> Well... <laughs> um, I'm 50 this year. 50 this year, okay. Yeah, so well, I'm 52, so I'm the oldest in the so room. So Young <laughs> Henrys is 10, I'm 50, Oscar was 40 early early this year, so it was a it was a, a big, big a big year this year.
0: Okay, and can I ask Zoe how old you
1: are? I'm 27.
0: 27. Okay. So this is what as far as I knew until recently and I was listening to Young Henrys, I didn't realize there had been new music released since about 1998. Um, <laughs> so
1: We've got to get you to a gig. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Love to. Um, but when there is that age, you know, music is fashionable, music does go through um, periods, how does some Richard's record collection talk successfully with your record collection? You know, do, does Richard have to modernise or do you sort of...? Yeah, you know, how, how does that work?
1: I think they would vary only slightly because all of my records are just my mom and dad's, but they're <laughs> they're quite a lot older than you. I'm pretty
0: sure your mom and dad were cooler than my mom and dad.
1: Oh, my mom and dad were so cool. Okay. Ah, I, as, as soon as I turned into an adult, I just realized how cool they were. Yeah, I've got lots of. That's like, a very rare thing here, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. And my yeah, no, they were. They were Sorry, they would say um, groovy. They were. They were groovy. <laughs> Yeah,
2: so my mum was uh, a radio programmer. Um okay. sick. initially, so she—I oh. I don't know if you've seen that film, um, *The Boat That Rocks*. Yeah, yep. yeah, that was her. So she was on that um, wow. pirate wow. radio station, Car- Radio incredible. Caroline. Um, so the first song she played was "Not Fade Away" Rolling Stones on that *Good Ship Caroline*. So I guess rock and roll has been my blood. I like I like old and new, and there's look there's the exciting thing for me is there's great bands coming out like i saw johnny hunter uh, king street carnival recently oh, that i aren't thought they incredible killed it but it's and it, but it's also like that sounds a lot like you know like that sort of neuromantic kind of post-punk era that i love as well like joy division so yeah. you know music comes around in terms of fashion as does beer you know i think lager coming back 100%. right now so yeah yeah not a moment too soon <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but and, and I, I guess that's the, the the number of my question how do you stop your tastes from calcifying in you know where they form? because to, to run a brewing business when suddenly the kids are drinking hazies um You have to serve up hazies and you need to do it with love. Otherwise, it's going to be an ordinary beer. I I
2: think you're overstudying my influence of the company here. (laughs) So there's a, there's a whole, there's a whole team of people down there. Um, I haven't, I haven't come up with a beer recipe myself in years. It's been the team of brewers downstairs, um, who have either collectively or individually come up with great ideas. Um, and I chime in occasionally with, I'll maybe put a bit of calcium, extra calcium sulfate or okay. um, maybe try this technique or this. I saw this hop when I was over in the States or something, but um, it's a team effort now. It's not just one vision. But as a business
0: owner, you still need to trust the staff that you've got and to trust that there needs to be an understanding and, a, you know, a, a, an empathy with what they're doing um, on some level, I'd imagine.
2: Yeah. Uh, look, I, and they... it's. It's interesting that I guess we've attracted a certain um, palette of brewers as well in terms of what they like to drink. Um, so, you know, what attracts you to coming to working to Young Henry's is it'd be both the cultural fit and what the, you know, what the product is as well. So um, they kind of intrinsically understand what the brand's about, what, what sort of beers will work. Um, and, yeah, um, I think it's kind of almost self-guiding in that way. And how about you, sorry, and
0: This is potentially a silly question for someone who's working in a brewery, but given you came from a science background rather than a brewing background, uh, were, were you a beer drinker before you started at Young Henry's? I was, you I were? am. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure if that's just part of the course for, uh, you know, given that. You do uh, tequila shots on stage, <laughs> uh, apparently. If you're in. A no, game. that was
2: that was funny and light. like
0: oh, I, yeah, Not, no, not no, everyone we, does
1: that.
2: I wasn't
0: saying it
1: was you, but uh, we do like tequila shots. Uh, yeah. Disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what were the beers that you cut your teeth on, or what were the beers that you got excited about?
1: I, as a as a young young lad. Drank so much VB. <laughs> it was like On I grew Wednesday, up
0: forex is mine.
1: Yeah, I I grew up um, in a really small town. One RSL locals only, and it was kind of the only. Where was that? Good thing in town. Warrenora. Never it's, heard of it. it's in the Shire. People okay. from the Shire. I grew up, shire up with would the Shire say, too. Yeah, people was, from the Shire would say we're not from the Shire. It's Warren River. I was in Warrenorg Heights. <laughs> you were Warren No way!
2: Yeah, I used to come down that You'd look
1: down on us. I, no,
2: I used to go down that little path, that little yeah, fire trail, fire and go trail. to that very RSL.
1: There you go. Yeah. So that fire trail, yeah, that goes to the RSL. Yeah. If you go one fire trail over, it goes to my family home. There you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the bogan in me shunned through, um, but I've just always loved a pale ale. Wherever I go, I'll try a new pale ale that I've never tried before.
0: So i am just quickly doing, my If you're 27, so you've been legally drinking for nine years, so...
1: Really? Only? Wow. I
0: know. So I'm just, I'm just trying to think of the milestone. So you weren't legally drinking when Young Henry started, so... There you go. Yeah. It, it, wow. that's right. <laughs> I'm not uh, not presuming whether you were drinking or not, but uh, which says a lot about the you know how old the industry was. When did um uh, Barons would have started in 2015? So Two, no, 2005. 2005, sorry. Sorry.
2: 2005, the year that the, the 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 Swans won the grand final. Yes. Right, right I was not. thinking the year yeah. that Baron Brewer
0: started because <laughs> you had the cover mm. of issue one.
2: Yes, it was. That's and right. I
0: was the third editor in issue. By issue two already. Oh uh, yeah, Ang-
2: Ang- <laughs> Angus Fontaine initially. <laughs> Angus
0: Fontaine and then Ben uh, yeah. Kaneda for a brief moment. Yeah, and then me. So yeah. I was kind of like the Stephen Bradbury. Uh, <laughs> but but again, so to, to, to my point, so the it, it's interesting that you started drinking BB, even though the craft beer revolution you know, was was. Well underway by that stage. Yeah, it, um, had
1: quite, it hadn't quite taken the shire yet. <laughs> and it also hadn't taken young people yet. I think now, you know, these many years on, I've seen the industry engage with younger people. Um, better or I don't know. It feels like it reaches wider. I'm not sure. Like the, the the people that I know now, where I grew up, everyone knows about craft beer. But I think um, when I was that age, it was just VB and UDLs. Um, maybe that that's just because of where I was, was from. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, well, it was a the,
0: very inner city. Like it was a very metropolitan yeah, thing. Craft beer when yeah. it first launched, and in... I was
1: like deep suburbia. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you remember your, your, your progress through from that? Was it a desire for, for flavour or was it a desire for something different or was it just that it was just more ubiquitous
1: when... I think it was a natural progression. It was never something I noticed. Just over time I wanted to try new things and then eventually it was just trying whatever I wanted. I like having as many different types of things as possible to see what I like best. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it, it's something that we talk about a lot in our office. Um, you know, as if you trace... The craft beer movement back, uh, Rich to Little Creatures, around about 2000. So, um, you know, 22 years in Australia, the craft beer movement has been really accelerating. Yes. So the people who were 18 then are now 40, um, and, you know, on the wrong side of 40. um,
2: No, the right side of 40. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Depends on your point
0: of view. But, uh, you know, increasingly, the people who remember the bad old days when beer was just what colour, you know, what flavour or what brand of lager you wanted. Yeah. Have grown up in a world of choice. How do we make beer relevant um, to a different demographic?
2: Well, it is, well, it's it's immediately relevant. I think that's the thing and immediately accessible. Um, you know, I think... But it's a different promise because, like,
0: for, for my generation, it was a revolution against the bland sure. Um Although we're coming back to them, as you said... If you've been born into a world of selection, you don't have the same rebellion um, built
2: in. Well, you don't need to either. So, you know, it's it's I'm, something I'm conscious of is is having the myopic view of what I see on tap in, you know, in the inner west and the CBD and northern suburbs. You know, like you know, close to the city where you've got a lot of choice, but get out further and that that choice sort of slowly erodes. So we've still got a lot of ground to go in terms of you know, um, convincing people that craft beer is a good thing and they should give it a go. You know, we have got over that hurdle now where I think when we started here 10 years ago, there was no craft beer on tap at any of the the the, um, the pubs in um, mm-hmm. Newtown or the Inner West and you're our sport for choice now and that's a great thing um, mm-hmm. and that's something I think we should celebrate.
0: How about you, Zoe? Do you think that craft beer... Is craft beer a revolution against something or is it just something that you drink, just something that's part of your everyday... Palette of flavor
1: i can't personally speak to revolution but i think and it's speaking to what you said before richard how i mean i guess it would be a revolution against what has been for a long time the norm like going to like you know each and every pub and the environment sometimes is the same for some people it doesn't feel safe for some people it's overwhelming and i don't know brewery spaces are something completely different so it provides something unique and uh i just i think a bit more special for people to experience so then not only are they getting a new craft beer that they might be able to try but they i don't know i feel like it's a different space to get amongst yeah yeah
0: just as you were saying because i I was going to go down the line of um music and you know if if punk was rebelling against the bloated excess of music in the uh 70s you know the the early 70s if, if if if
2: yeah, I, I, and I like both. I like the bloated excess of the 70s mm. rock and roll, and I love punk
0: as Me well. Me too. Well, <laughs> we can like it in hindsight, but the, the thing that gave birth to one was the rebellion against the other. Totally. Yeah.
2: And I think maybe we're seeing that, almost with, you know, I think we had that extreme bitterness chase for a long time, and that's, that's what really gave, gave birth to the, the hazy in some ways, and that it's low bitterness and high hop character. Um, and then the, the revolution against haze will be, Probably bright lagers, you know, um, but flavor, <laughs> bright, f- bright, 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 yeah. flavorful lagers as well yeah. That, yeah. that are well made. So
1: the Andy Gollage lager, oh, yeah, it's great. Was it? Which one was that delicious. one? Delicious. The Andy Gollage lager. We, we have it on tap. We'll give okay. you a band. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Andy Gollage is a local band in the area, and they're incredible, doing like alt country music. But I don't. <laughs> See,
0: I thought it was a person. So there you go. There yeah, is. Well, it, is, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> okay.
1: It's him and his band that 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 perform around. But yeah, I'm not usually a lager fan, and I really, really love it.
2: That's uh, something we've noticed in the inner west over the last couple of years is the rise of the, um, the suburban cowboy, mm. um, or the inner west, the inner country and inner western vibe, um, which I never thought would have happened. But, um, there's Route 66, the clothing shop across the corner, and there's, there's a lot of musicians now. It's probably, probably like 20 or so. Yeah. country music, musicians okay. that are based in the, in the inner west of Sydney.
0: So are we are going to see the Chaps and Spurs Brewery opening up down the road at some uh, stage? Look,
2: we've got, if you have a little walk down um, Emerald Road later today with that lens on, you'll You'll, you'll notice You'll catch it capture okay. them immediately. <laughs> okay.
1: yeah. It's great. I love it. <laughs>
2: I'm just going to stand out even more
0: in my... Yeah. Uh, you look like you're from the country,
2: just <laughs> a little bit too, maybe just a little bit too well heels with the RMs, mate. <laughs> that's all.
1: <laughs>
2: so
0: you made an interesting point about the event of the venue. So, to some extent, is it the venue and not just the beer that matters? Because um, certainly in Queensland and in, in parts of Australia, the growth of the hotel, um, they've become such big businesses that they've almost ceded that feeling of local yeah. to the, 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 the brew pub. Is that what someone who's 27 um, looks for when you're going out?
1: I mean, I wish I could speak to everyone who's 27. but <laughs> well, you're, much,
0: you're speaking from a lot more of them than I ever will. So um,
1: I think it's, yeah, it's about a unique experience, about something that isn't something you've done a million times before. Um, it's really nice to walk into a place and they remember your name and what you like to drink. Um, and then to add an extra flair on top of that where it's a brewery, you can sort of see the action happening behind the glass. I don't know, it's more immersive.
2: Rich. Yeah, I look, at, and and not to say that pubs, not not all pubs are doing this, no, no, and, no, and certainly no. they have gone through a revolution as well. And I think, I like to think that craft beer had something to do with that in terms of changing the offering in pubs as well. So you know, taking it away from those soulless places with uh, you know blaring, kind of you know racing on the. On the TV and one and one one beer choice and the food was appalling. To like the you know the revolutionary gastro pubs and you know seeing music come back to pubs, which is fantastic as well. So really changing up the changing up the offering. um, I'd like to think that we had something to do with that as well. That craft beer was a part of that 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 whole change. Um, But yeah, I do think that it's you know we do have to need to take some leadership. In in making these places welcoming and safe, and um, you know, um, broadening the diversity of beer as well, Um, and I think breweries are starting to really get a focus on that and starting to do a good job. As we come out of
0: uh, COVID and lockdowns and the 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 two and a half years of fairly horrible um, hospitality, but also for people that are stuck at home who are looking for an experience, do you think that's going to have an impact on the beers? That, that, that we're going to see the um, you know experiences that consumers go looking for, and how will that affect
2: uh, the, the business from from your points of view? That's it's a,
1: a really good question. It is a really
2: good question. Look, I think in the short time we've been on day release um, from lockdown and the kind of venues that I've visited, it does have a slightly different feeling. I guess where I think people are probably looking for. Yeah, that immersive experience that zoe is talking about and a um in a genuine kind of reason for existence and theme um but just sort of good value and um and high quality as mm. well um i think that's you know i think that's only a good thing um you know, that's, that's the sort of thing that i'll be looking for when i you know go out to you know spend my money as well
0: how about you? So, are you gigging at the moment? Are the boys out playing? as live music come back?
1: Not as much as we'd love to. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we seem to be hit with a lot of bad luck lately. Everything keeps getting cancelled or postponed.
2: Yeah, we've we've been we've been impacted by rain a fair bit. In yeah. this you know this state in, in Queensland, and you know I think yours and ours were meant to be on the weekend. And yeah. Although we had sunshine on the weekend, just setting up the stage before was. Um, a bit swampy so I couldn't go ahead so um, you know cancellations are still there unfortunately yeah. um, you know I went and saw rolling blackouts Costa Vita last night which is fantastic oh, so incredible yeah so, um, so it's good to see
0: something flying over my head <laughs> Pop great culture reference yeah
2: great, great to see uh, great to, live music is back live music is definitely back live music about.
1: is back yeah. yeah we are honestly just one of the fair fair few unlucky ones um even though I'm not playing shows, I'm just certainly going to a You're few. Going to them? We did just have a tour, which is really nice. So it's the first time I've jumped in a plane in a, on a plane in a long time. So Today was
0: my first as well. Oh, so. how nice is it?
1: Well, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, it was
0: great to be traveling. The traveling itself sucked. But oh,
1: anyway. oh, there's something about being on tour. We're just I don't know. Every did you get to Brisbane? Goes. Yeah, yeah. Next
0: time, please let me know so I can. Oh, absolutely!
1: On. It was so great. We're at um, Black Bear Lodge in the valley. At that point, yeah. Oh, it's so I good. I do know that. Yeah. <laughs> Never
0: been, but I will go. And that's unfortunately where the recording glitch happened. So, unfortunately, we do not get to say goodbye to our guests. But I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. That was Richard Adamson and Zoe Cadrill. Cry Malt has been supplying the best ingredients to Australian and New Zealand brewers for 30 years. Their range of malt, hops and yeast is sure to take your beer to the next level. Proud sponsors of Brews News and Beer as a Conversation since the very beginning. Learn more about Cry Malt at www.crymalt.com.